interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our friendly world. Hello. (laughs) Today's topic is turning to friends for direction. Today's art of friendship is the art of the map. Inside of each person is a map. It is there even before we are born. A way to get the full picture of the full landscape is to share what is contained in our hearts because it is our hearts that hold the latent image. Now, latent image, that's my photography term. It's the image held within the silver emulsion that comes to light during the process. So to get that latent image to come to life, we share our stories and our ways. How do we course and navigate the geography and terrain of our lives during a time of change, turbulence, shakeups? and movement while looking for our original family members. The art of the map is mapping out ways to have lasting friendships, the friendship that has existed in and out of time. Imagine, if you will, a map you could only feel, a blueprint. What if, while we are here, we actually are surrounded by our spirit family? And to find them, we would have to unravel all the signs and the coincidences to realize the hidden codes that are there, that have always been there, that reveal our friendship, our family alliance. And to do that, we have to have gumption. The bravery to stop everything when you notice a spark and say, hold it right there, asking an opening question, saying, I wanna connect with you. It's about asking and opening ourselves up to the mystery of us. So we were talking about maps. Matt and I have always had a love of maps. Matt, you were saying maps are very psychic, right? You were saying that a map gives you direction. It shows where you are and where you want to go. It's very comforting to know what turns are coming. And I think that's what friendship is. Yes, no. Friendship is, to me, more like a scavenger hunt. It's more like having maybe even an incomplete map that was hand-drawn by somebody because you kind of know, or you think you know, when you walk out your door that you want to climb a mountain, but then you end up in town. Because life has this annoying, wonderful habit of pushing you into directions maybe you didn't know you wanted to take. So for me, yes, maps are psychic, maps are omniscient, Maps are just beautiful things. I mean, you know, in the squares of, of the map, it contains every single street, every single et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but life is more unanticipated. See, you just want to disagree with me to disagree with me. No, I don't. I said that the map is what's inside of our hearts. Did I not say that? You did. Or did I write that somewhere else? You and did. I just forgot about it. That's what I'm saying. Our, our hearts are the map. But life, yeah, life is a scav- sca- scavenger hunt. <laughs> scavenger hunt. 
It's terrible. That makes me think of vultures and stuff, like scavenging. Scave- what's the word? Scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not, it's not nice. But yeah, it, it is, like I said, it's a mystery of us. It's about you of all people, Mr. Code. You should know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's a mystery out there to unravel. There are so many clues out there and we all are connected. So like to unravel every beautiful little clue and realize, oh my God, we have been connected all along. And finally, by some mystical force and right timing, whatever you want to call it, we have come together as friends or we will come together as friends. And there's that hope. But anyway... So what? Now you're quiet. Did yes. I offend you? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But, you know, for me, it's it's more of a psychic phenomena to understand when you're on your path, when good things are going to come. It's not, to me, this omniscient piece of paper that holds my my fate and my destiny. It's, it's much more esoteric for me. Look, I, to find you, all right, let's... It's all about friendship, all relationships, but I'll like describe the way we met. It took all these windy paths for me to finally get to where you were. We, we actually had like this whole thing where we came together within yards of one another 13 years before we met and we felt each other, but I couldn't turn around to look at you. I sensed you, but... It, the force was so big and I was engaged to somebody else. I didn't, I didn't turn around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So finally, I mean, getting to the day of me finally getting to you was the day with the help of friends who led me to this bizarre Aikido school, martial arts school that you were in. I had no idea. But like, first of all, I couldn't even get there and I didn't have navigation. So I had to get directions from <laughs> friends and all these people on the phone. Like it was ridiculous. And I had a time limit. I had to be there by what? Six, 6 PM. It started, but it was ridiculous to find this, yes, this place. Hard. And because I had the help of friends, I finally navigated my way through. And that's what I'm talking about. There's this whole mystical navigation happening. Am I making any sense? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> So, you guys out there, today I want to introduce you to your four new friends. Four new friends to introduce you to today. Friends who have bonded over burning down outmoded paths through their love of maps. They connected, they bonded, supported one another, and created a whole new path for themselves. And I was lucky enough to be a part of this group like I've been in their meetings before like their get-togethers and these friends right here are the real deal each one of them so different and so powerful and so inspiring to listen to i want to introduce you to these four women one you know already because she is a constant friend to our show kj is here everybody kj our Hi. friend. Hi, KJ. Welcome. You know, KJ, you guys remember licensed psychotherapist <laughs> and musician and incredible human being extraordinaire, KJ Nazrul. Hi. Hi. Thanks <laughs> for having me back. 
I'm waiting for you to shut the door on me one of these days. And I'm still there going, open, open. Why, why would you ever say that? You know that's never going to happen. Well, when you told me tonight that this is like appearance number nine, I was just like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> Am I that person? Am I the unwelcome house guest? I don't know. Um, are, you, are you trying to reverse the roles? Because it's, it's me who's always knocking on your door saying, mm-hmm. um, can you come over, please? So maybe... <laughs> Just stop it. I love you. Thank you for being here. You too. Okay. Next, we have Mel Morris. Speaking of mystics, beautiful mystic right here. Speaker, personal coach, and Turo life planner. Everyone, please meet beautiful Mel Morris. Hi, Mel. Hey. Hey, y'all. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited to be here from the first moment I met you, Fawn. I just fell in love with you, and you are such... You are just the epitome of what support should look like, you know, through this short journey that the magical cartographers have been on. You have been there every step of the way, just showing up and just fully invested in us. And I I can't thank you enough for that. So thank you so much for, for having me and for having us here. Mel, I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad. Thank you so much for everything, because the first time I met you all, I actually cried afterwards because I was like, you know, this is what I've been trying to create. This is what I've been talking about. And I'm doing it for other people. And I kind of left myself out of this. My whole mission is to bring back the art of friendship and bring back this support, this family, this sense of strength. When we're together, we're stronger, right? And I kind of lost it for myself. I'm like, I don't care if I don't have it. I want others to have it. And when I met you all, I cried because I seriously felt it. We were talking about how hard it is for me living where I'm living in the middle of the country and just dealing with microaggressions and, you know, the racism, every, everything, just being a mother, everything. And the support I felt from you, the love above all, and the sense that I am family, the sense that you guys had my back and we had just met, it was exactly what I've been telling the world about. I'm like, this is it, folks. This is it. You don't have to know each other for thousands of years. We've known each other in and out of time. And so when you come together and it will happen, if you feel like you don't have it right now, you don't have your tribe, you don't have a friend, I guarantee you, it will happen and you will see what it feels like. Everything you've heard from us, it, this is it. And that's the love I felt from you guys. So thank you, Mel, for being here. Everybody, please meet Jocelyn. Everyone, Jocelyn Lindsay is a certified book publishing strategist. You help people become authors, like actually get their books out, get published. Yes, yes absolutely. Get your story out. I love it. I'll be turning to you soon. Oh, perfect. I'll be here. (laughs) I'll be here waiting for you. And I I, want to echo what Mel said. Um, Having you there in those first few um, meetings that we were putting together and you showing up and seeing your smiling face, it, it buoyed us. I mean, having that friendship and that instant sense of connection with you, you really helped solidify what we were trying to put together and feeling and not really 
and not quite there yet. And having you be there was like amazing. You have been in the back of our mind, in the front of our mind. You are a presence for us every time we get together and meet and start talking. So we love you and we are so thrilled to be here with you. Jocelyn, I love you so much. Thank you so much. I, um, I feel the same way about you guys. And I, there's so much I want to say to all of you. But before then, because I'm like, I'm rambling now. I want everyone else, everyone out there, please. I would like to introduce you to Ish Modak. She is an internal medicine physician. She is a creator of Mindful Working Mom Collective. She is so much. Every single one of these ladies are really multifaceted. I hate having to introduce friends as what they do with their jobs. That's not what I'm about. And having said that, you all need to reach out to these people because they are phenomenal. They will change your life. Their links are directly underneath our show notes, like in the first few sentences. So if you want to reach out to them, there are links for you right there to do it. So please, everyone, meet Ish. Thank you, Sean. I am so glad that you know KJ because she brought you into our world and you're you're lovely. Like, I, I love you so much. It, it's just like, and I just want everybody to know, like, you know, we talk so much about friendship and being in person and things like that. But I've, I know all of these women virtually and I met you virtually and you can have really strong connections if you choose to. And I think really what we're about, and I think Fawn, what you're about is like seeing the real you. And I think that's what people want. They want to be seen. And that's what we are here to do is for people to be seen, to be heard, to be understood and to be supported. There's too much other BS out there. That so, is, you just said some matches with these ladies and with you, Fawn. It's just saying that because these ladies like to burn stuff up. <laughs> KJ knows that I have a truck driver mouth, but on the podcast, I do not. So they like to burn stuff up. Stuff. No, burn stuff down. You know, there's another word for Th- stuff. Thanks for the warning on that. I will be mindful. <laughs> no, no, no. Please, please be free to speak your mind. And I want to say, as far as like getting together with you, like in person or through Zoom, it's the same thing. I remember um, I was having a, a rough day. I was very tired. And KJ was saying, you need self-care. I'm like, ugh, yuck. I always like, every time I heard self-care, I felt um, annoyed. And so she's like, you need self-care. Come join our group. Come listen to us. Come like talk to us. I'm like... KJ, I don't feel like going out like that. You, you know, when someone invites you to a party, you're like, I don't feel like going out. It was the same thing, but it was Zoom. I'm like, I don't feel like going out. And reluctantly, I, I was there. And as soon as I saw you, like the first few words I heard from your lips, all of you, I was like so incredibly energized and hooked. I'm like, these people are amazing. So everybody, they're known as the magical cartographers. I'm like, cartographer, what is that? What is that? It is the study of maps. So this is, everyone, you've now met the magical cartographers. Matt, you're really quiet. Well, I just totally slammed maps, so I'm just nervous. (laughs) 
Oh no no no! As a metaphor for friendship. No, you are. Yeah. You didn't slam it. I I love. Oh well, I, I gotta try harder. No. I, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you said no. So I I have to go back to this because you said um. I I the way that I perceived what you said, Matt, was about maps is that it's not this set in stone thing. That mm-hmm. so now I'm like I'm interpreting what you said, and I think that is totally so true it is not set in stone like so cartography and like creating this landscape this soulscape so that's the other part like i'm a soulscape strategist and creating that and that a map can change because if you look like one of the things that fascinates me about maps is like looking um at a map over time and how things change and how things grow so i don't think you were slamming maps at all like i i totally got what you said i was like oh yeah you're one of us okay but you're married to fawn so i mean he is. He is one of us, guys. And I know we talk about the patriarchy and you, we can talk about the patriarchy with Matt, by the way. Full on. Oh, we, oh, we will. Oh. We're not shy. We'll, we'll absolutely let you in on all of the conversations. And I also wanted to say, if I could quickly, because I also wrote that, that I loved, loved the, the introduction that you gave. And there's like so many little things I wrote down, but one thing that um, to kind of in between both of you, I think, Matt, you said that originally maps are psychic. And I was like, oh, that's such an interesting concept. But then Fawn, you talked about how maps are in our hearts and absolutely. And I think the link between the two is that for us, you know, cartographers are not just the folks who study maps and, and they're the actual folks who draw the maps, who write the maps. And for us, that is what cartography is. It is about us learning the lay of our own land and drawing those maps out. And so if I think about what both of you said, the psychic quality comes from us, right? The ones who are actually drawing the maps, okay? So, you know, the map is just paper and ink. It takes us, it takes our heart and our soul as we're talking about magical cartography, to draw those ley lines. But even in the mundane world, there are people who, yes, had to learn and study and understand and have scientific rationale for drawing little dots on lines. But once you have that information, I mean, the power that you feel from that, right? And so all of that is what we're trying to harness here. And so you're both 100% right in your summation of what maps really are and how we need them and how we create them. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Mel. Matt, it's okay. So first of all, friends out there, we, we normally record early in the morning and now it's at night. It's past Matt's bedtime. It is. And usually when someone says you're right to Matt, he totally does a happy dance, but he's sitting there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being <laughs> pensive because now my question is, okay, that's great. Okay, cartography, I get it. You're cartographers, totally get it. Do you see yourselves as Lord of the Ringsy type, meaning that you have an understanding, you have a quest to take the ring to Mount Doom and you're gonna get there, but Carabderos may make it so you can't go through that way, so you gotta go a different way. Do you see yourselves as Lewis and Clark? patriarchy woot woot um where you're actually exploring an unknown territory like you know going through the louisiana purchase because of course sacagawea didn't help them at all right anyways um or do you see yourselves as taking existing maps and like illustrating them like putting old school like putting mermaids in there or here be dragons or 
you know i mean there's there's so many different kind of ripples and nuances because cartography back in the day was very you know artsy and there's a certain mm-hmm. amount of heavy precision now to it especially gps etc 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 so you know of those things and i'm sure you're about to say all of them where do you guys really see yourselves well i think it's interesting that we're talking about maps in terms of geography we're talking it in terms of space and places and locations and boundaries when you can have maps of the heart you can have maps of the stars you can have maps of the soul so i would blow us out beyond just thinking in terms of landscape i would take us out to the cosmos level or the mythological level and go beyond just Mordor or the Louisiana Purchase. Uh, <laughs> Beautifully <laughs> said. the stars, oh, baby. Oh, Mordor, you know, Lord of the Rings. I mean, I, I love that, but yeah. No. The volcano fire, we're into that. But <laughs> Fire, fire is a theme. <laughs> nice. They like well, to burn. Really, I mean, ultimately, the work that we are um, doing within ourselves individually within ourselves as a group and then collectively that we are working to create with other people is helping people understand that someone else may have drawn a map for you but if they were not in you if they were not of you that's their map right that's the way that they want to get from point a to point b you have the ability and the capacity to figure out who the hell you are within and draw your own map. It doesn't require someone else's assistance to do that for you. And that is, you know, when we, as we talk more about the patriarchy, right, that's what we're trying to step back from. You don't have to use that map that's been in place. You can draw your own. Oh my God, Mel, I have a story. Can I interject? And actually, this is one of the questions I have for you guys regarding maps and creating your own way, you know, creating your own map. One of my questions was, can you share some map stories or do you have any map stories? What I wanted to share with you guys was this. When I graduated high school, I had to pack up my bags, everything I owned. I had worked through high school to raise enough money to get myself into this really expensive art school. And I paid cash. It was a very scary time. I was disowned by the family because they didn't want, they were just horrible. I don't want to get into that right now. But um, needless to say, it was kind of scary going to a new city. I had to find my own way. And I had a map of San Francisco. And I loved this thing. But I clutched onto it every day, all day. All day, every day. I even slept with it. And one day, one of my friends, Josh, who was this hip guy from New York, mysterious, quiet, but like he was intriguing and he he sought out to be my friend. And he's like, come on, Fawn, let's go uh, explore San Francisco together. He actually was going to the same art school I was going to. I said, great. And just as we were about, we were living in a youth hostel and just when I closed the door to my room, I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I forgot my map. So I open the door. I go in there. I run and I grab the map. And he had seen me with this map every single day. He took my map and he threw it <laughs> so I couldn't get it. He was like, stop it. 
you know, let's live. You need to live. Stop putting your head in the map and let's explore. And that was, uh, what, what's, I can't pronounce this word. That was one of the inciting incidences in my life in San Francisco. Th- did I pronounce it right? Inciting incident? I have no idea what you were going for. You, you don't? Nope. Inciting incident. No? You know, uh, is, is that the Oh, right you're getting word? thumbs up, so you're good. What do you mean you don't know? Did you don't know what I'm Sometimes. Talking? You know, a situation where, like, it, 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 it shifts you, right? It, it started a movement for you. Yeah. So anyway, that's my map story. And Matt, you said you don't have a map story, but I know for a fact you have a love affair with Thomas. Thomas the guide. Well, yeah, in L.A., there's a, back in the day, there was Was a, it just L.A.? It was L.A. Orange County. Wait a minute. The Thomas guy. The whole country has a Thomas guy. Okay, if you say so. I grew up in L.A. Orange County, so I don't know nothing about nothing. Does anybody know about the Thomas guy? Jocelyn says yes. I don't know a Thomas on the, not on the East Coast. Wait, I thought the whole country has here. What? What? No Thomas is in the South. Well, and that's just it. I got you, you, Matt. You know, I'm a Cali girl. I'm willing to bet Thomas guy uh, is gone now frankly, because of, you know, phones and whatnot. But the Thomas Guide was something you kept in your car. It was a book, you know, it was like 11 by eight and a half. It was kind of, you know, and page after page after page showing you every single street in L.A. It was very and Orange County geometry based. It was very math based. So you had to get the grid and the numbers and mm-hmm. co- correspond them together to find. your. But it had every street and you had an index. You could look up, you know, your street, because, of course, that's what you always look up in a map because we're all idiots. And so we look up our own street, like the one place we know how to find. But anyways, yeah, kept Thomas Guide in my car. Absolutely. Used mm-hmm. it all the time. I thought uh, the whole country around. had This was that. before we had you know before uh, gps was widely available before our cell phones could give us turn by turn directions and then we also had triptychs do you guys know about triptychs mm-hmm. from triple a if you go on a trip oh, oh yeah they That's, make a little yes. book just for you with the, and then they highlight of, it yeah memories of uh, road trips with the family and there mm-hmm. you go flipping the flipping <laughs> the pages was always very exciting yeah the next mm-hmm. chapter but anyway um do you guys have any map stories that changed your life or changed the trajectory i don't have um, any map stories i will say that the interesting thing about being a magical cartographer is that in real life i am notoriously lost i <laughs> can't ever find anything. I am fortunate to have married someone with an incredible sense of direction. I always have some navigation tool and before there was a GPS that was accessible to the public, I would literally have like handwritten notes in my car of how to get from point A to point B. And if there was a detour, I was just screwed. Mel, me too, me too, same, same, same. You know, Same. the map stories I think that I have are those that were imposed upon me for a large part. And this is why, like, and I think this is in somewhat in relation in answer to the question and in what Matt was asking as well, is that I don't see us as magical cartographers as following a system. There is no one system. It is what your system is, and it is uncovering what that lay of the land looks like for you. And I think that we are living in a day and age that's really scary for a lot of people who are very used to 
prescribed maps. And there are a lot of people who have suffered before and are still suffering because of those prescribed maps and what we're wanting people to uncover and what I am uncovering for myself is also what my own lay of the land is. And the little bits that I've learned, I want other people to be able to open themselves up to themselves. And I absolutely think, I absolutely think you're right there. We've gone through, we're still going through a period of incredible change. And some of this change has been coming for a long time. We just weren't seeing it like climate change. But more importantly, it feels not more importantly, unless nothing's really more important than that. But secondarily, we're looking at industries being completely rewritten. You know, is is Amazon going to destroy Main Street like Walmart was supposed to? God knows. But they're certainly making an interesting run at it. We're seeing so much just raw change in the banking industry and the way we communicate. I mean, I mean, look at us, you know, how many different areas of the world, you know, of the United States of the world are we in right now on this conversation we're having? I mean, this is incredible. And could we do this seven years ago? Well, yeah, with a lot of expensive equipment, probably. I think that looking at a map as a static thing, like how we initially started the conversation, even a Thomas guide, the rate of change that we're seeing is just so dynamic. It makes it impossible for us to rely on the map. And so looking at a map as a a physical map or, you know, a map inside of our hearts as being, uh, this is the direction I think I want to go instead of this is how I'm going to get there. And that's where friends come in. I turned to KJ two hours ago. I'm like, girl, I don't know where to go. I seriously don't know where to go. And she gave me some direction. It's- but Josh also did that for you, Fawn, too. Like, that's what I love. Like, just in what Matt and you were talking about, your map story and what Matt's talking about is like, he like basically was like, you're not following this. Like, you're not going to hang on to this prescribed you're going to like mm-hmm. open and and then he was there to catch you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I had a friend to walk shoulder to shoulder with and navigate mm-hmm. the streets that were so scary to me because it was all new and I had no family, nobody, nothing. You know, very little money. All the money I had was being turned over to this expensive art school. You know, ridiculous. Like no safety net. But we are each other's safety nets. And it's a magical net. It's interwoven around all galaxies. And to uncover how those things are woven is just amazing. And that's how I met KJ. KJ and I had a spark along with another friend, Beth. And we started calling each other the mystery of us. Because the more we spoke, the more we realized how much we actually had in common from before birth, you know, and like putting all the magical pieces together was mind blowing. Can I add just one thing to that piece of the conversation? And there's something about you, Matt, I have to say that I just feel like I want to talk to you for a long time. I'm not going to do that today, but at some other point, I just feel this energy from you. Like I need to just talk She's to you. She's got you, Matt. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it happens that way. And you haven't even heard me talk about how we develop software now that follows this weird now map of the heart kind of path. And I don't want to talk about that ever. Anyway. Just kidding. No, I I just wanted to add to that. um, 
Yes, I agree in the idea of the change and being able to create new maps for new directions. But I think it's also important for us to recognize what hasn't changed. Mm. And it's important in the process of drawing these new metaphorical maps to understand that there's a lot in this world that we see every day that has not changed nearly as much as we would like to pretend. And so in that vein, it can be so difficult for us to change ourselves when our environment has remained the same. And that is all the more reason to, in line with this conversation, to find other people who are willing to not just be a safety net for you, because sometimes, of course, we all need that, but people who are willing to tell you that you are enough that when you take this leap, you don't need a safety net. You're enough. You already got it. Mm-hmm. We need more people like that in our lives. And and I think for me, that's what, you know, everyone in this room has done, but really what I have been striving for and what I, I really want other people to recognize um, as well. So I, I just wanted to give the, the flip to that piece of the conversation. Absolutely. There's certainly that's kind of the almost inevitability of a lot of it is just because it feels like everything is changing doesn't mean everything isn't is truly changing it just we get caught up in the exciting changes that we ignore the the steadies like a story that uh, uh, I've gone through with my wife is what is the best piece of equipment we have in our kitchen and we have this Vitamix that goes we have a percolator that makes all sorts of interesting noise but honestly it's our toaster We've had our toaster since we got married and it's just there and it just works. And, you know, we know how it works. We know it's steady. It's, it's everything else. It's not flashy, so it doesn't make a lot of noise, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Matt, I don't know how you do it. You make me cry. Over a little toaster. It's not a brave little toaster. It's just a little toaster. Oh man. But you just summed up for me so much. I was going to tie in what Mel was saying, which is referring to our, in the uh, theme of navigation and design, I was going to bring in this uh, inner compass, this inner knowing that we have, where whether things do change or don't change, we still know, we still have some point of reference and guidance that maybe isn't in, 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 um, it's not fancy, it's not extra sexy, but a toaster, a toaster, a toaster outlines a lot. <laughs> Wait, I'm laughing because, um, well, because I never thought I'd hear a toaster this many time, right. uh, times in, in a podcast, but more importantly, so I guess where I was going with this was about things like racism. So I don't want to I don't want to compare toasters to racism because I really like my toaster too, but the consistency of things that haven't changed but we tell ourselves have have evolved that the maps have changed and grown and expanded when in actuality when you look at the map, oh nope this is still where the streets are mm-hmm. right, and so having that knowledge is just as important as knowing that you have the ability to create something new to draw outside of those lines as well. So I'll 
uh, I'll leave it there and we can go back to toasters. Well, I, I want to talk about rhythm and it really struck me what you said, Mel. Sometimes things don't change and we say they've changed and quite the other way around. And it just makes me feel like there's a rhythm too that we may not recognize or feel at the time because we're in the midst of it. So it's hard to step away and really look at the land and see where you are. And also we're talking about the heart maps and everything. And I, I always think about the heart because I it, it makes me think of the culture I was born into where like the Western culture will say heart, but where I'm from, the heart is the stomach. So like when someone is heartbroken in the language I was born with, we say, my stomach feels very tight is another expression for saying I'm homesick or I'm, I'm heartbroken. It goes to the stomach. When talking about the different areas and the different rhythms and everything, it kind of makes me think of music. And by the way, if you all want, I want to know how these ladies became friends. Go to KJ's podcast and they share with you how they became friends, how they actually met and connected. I know that you're all obsessed with music, so I want to bring music into this. I'm wondering, does music or can music play as a kind of topographical, is that the word topographical? Yes. Layer? Like... Uh, you know, on a map that is significant in coursing our lives. Like, how does sound come into this and music come into this? And what is the soundtrack of your life? I actually can't think of, like, what the soundtrack of my life is. I'm not sure. But I know you all are into Def Leppard and, like... And don't get don't get mad started on music because then we'll be here for many many. We hours. would be, but I do have a Death Leopard story. Go ahead. <laughs> do tell Matt. I need to hear the Death Leopard story. You need so to join need us. That. I was in I was in Orange County, California. I went into a warehouse. I bought the best of Death Leopard on CD, and I walked out, put it in my truck, put it in my CD player in my truck, started listening. As I was driving on the freeway home, because I lived in L.A. at that point, listening to Death Leopard, that is when I knew without a shadow of a doubt, and I don't know why, that I was going to meet Fawn. Photograph. He was listening to Photograph. And I'm, I'm a photographer. <laughs> and it was a knowledge that I can't explain where it came from or how, but it gave me a great deal of comfort. Oh my goodness. Awesome song. Well, and the fact that Def Leppard links us all now. And there you go, and Def Leppard. <laughs> we have come full circle. Really? <laughs> wow. So don't you guys think there should be another layer for the maps, which should be sound? We have, you know, the all the different layers, right? The, the mountains, you have, I, I don't know the terminology for all the different kinds of maps. You know, the maps that are bumpy. There's an infinite number of types of maps. But right. when you bring in new topological layers, maybe it's looking at population densities or the cities, or maybe it's highways, or maybe it's rivers, or maybe it's... But all these things layer onto a map to, to bring it, you know, into whatever dimension it is that you need. There should be a sound map. One of the things that happens to me is sometimes when I touch people's hands, their palms... 
I hear music. And with some people, I'll hear drums. I love drums. It can be so radically different, the sound of a drum from person to person. But um, yeah, I think, does, how does music play in shaping your lives and mapping out the course of your life? And do you have a soundtrack? Matt, do you? Do you have a soundtrack? My soundtrack constantly changes. Uh, you can't say that. You and and that's what one. I would say. But however, in the style of music I listen to, it's literally like the drums bring in the beat, but then the bass player starts to play with that beat and can counterbeat it. And then between the, the two, two guitars, everybody brings a different, sometimes it's melody, counter melody, harmonies, counter harmonies. Sometimes everybody's linked up together. Sometimes everybody's fighting. And then the vocals comes over the top. And sometimes that's literally another instrument. And it's meant to stand in stark contrast to all the other sounds you have. And so all of a sudden now you have this almost like a jumble of five different sounds, but it all works. I like how you put that together. Like, I can't tell you what mine really sounds like, but I can tell you who is a part of it. Mine would be Pat Benatar. It would be Peter Gabriel and Halford <laughs> from... Um, right. Judas oh, Priest. Judas Priest. Thank you. Uh, I'm always going to acknowledge that I actually grew up in the 80s. And so the 80s soundtrack is always in the back of my mind. And I think not just not just the sound. For me, songs are really, I'm so much more, I know you're talking about sound specifically, but to me, lyrics are just, are the key, are the things that are so important that draw me in to any artist and the freedom, the feeling that I get from the words that people put into their songs, that, that emotional roller coaster that you go through. So there's a feeling there, if we, if we wanna talk about vibration and sound, the, the feeling that I get from the lyrics, the messaging, is the most powerful component for me. And for me, the 80s was very much about being unique and independent and like everything was okay if we're, if we're making love or if we're partying or if we're just being sad, like everything is okay. And then, you know, most people know I'm also obsessed with Adele. So do with that what you will in the 80s category. Those are the big pieces for me. And Adele, if you happen to be listening to this, I'd love to come and see you. I didn't get tickets. Adele, please reach out to Mel. Please. If you can do that for me, Fawn and Matt. Gosh. Let's put a message out there. Adele, yeah. please reach out to Mel Morris. Thank you in advance. Jocelyn, how about you? Well, I was thinking that music for me comes back again to the story. It's just, it's another way of mapping stories. And I too grew up in the eighties. Um, I remember when MTV was music and it just started. I mean, I remember the weekend it like started and all the hype around MTV and being at a friend's house. But I have older brothers who grew up on the music of the seventies. And so I, I don't remember it, but one of my older brothers motorcycle raced 
and my mom would leave me with him in my stroller and he would work on his motorcycles and I grew up to the Rolling Stones and I still have you know there's a soft spot for me with Elton John Elton John always makes me think of my brother music has just the map the map of music over my life I can hear a song and go right back to where I was what Coldplay Yellow I'm in Germany um i i can go back to portugal i i i can connect with music connects me to the maps the stories of my life and places i had been way stronger than many of the other senses i totally agree jocelyn it's like the ultimate transporter yeah music music and smelling stuff yeah. Which is yeah. another question besides music. We haven't finished the music question, but before I forget, what scent, what sense of smell, what scent is more profound in your memory, in your life so far? But I don't want to forget the music question. I want to mm. hear KJ and music. Hmm. Well, that could be, that could take us a while. <laughs> so actually just this year I participated, it was my fourth year in doing so this, this year I participated in what, in what's called the 100 day project. And that is on the philosophy that you can do a little bit of something for a hundred days and say like, write one line of a poem. And if you do one line of a poem for a hundred days, by the end of a hundred days, you have a poem that's a hundred lines long. And so what something might not be completed when we first start out to do it very much so has been put together through time. And so my project this year was focused on music and it was focused on the lyrics, the lyrics and stories like Jocelyn said of, of my life. And I didn't move through and say like, today I'm gonna write about Tori Amos. So today I'm gonna write about uh, Fleetwood Mac. But what I did is I had a random organizer, one of those random org websites where I just tossed in a bunch of numbers and whatever number came up that day reflected a list that I had of artists that I admired. And so I would pick a song or lyrics from that artist, whatever the random generator would give for me. So it kind of took off this pressure of trying to come up with something. And I have to tell you that this project doing a hundred days of song lyrics or song memories opened up so much for me. Talk about maps and timelines, like because the random generator brought me in, into anything from Sam Cooke to Def Leppard, I had a story for every associated memory around a song that was generated. And so I felt like I was blown wide open this summer when I was doing this project because I was remembering as a 90s kid, that's where really my music came in. So I was in the whole grunge place. And, uh, you know, it's associated with first crushes, first heartbreaks, and trying to become a, a chain smoker. It never really stuck with me very well to be a, a chain smoker, but I tried. And um, so there are, there are songs associated with all of these attempts of trying to be something. And so if I were to do a timeline map and I would note what songs fell where, oh my word, oh my word. So very, very significant for me, music, yeah. What about you, Ish? Well, I think, um, you know, I was thinking about this and there's, there's two aspects. So, and I think KJ, really brought out one of these aspects very nicely about how music takes you back 
you know, it's a, it helps you remember things. It can, and Jocelyn talked about this too, about, about the memories. But for me, like my, the soundtrack of my life is like a little bit of everything. I mean, there's country and, you know, I mean, I love George Strait. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm a Texas girl. So, um, but then there's Def Leppard. I mean, like we, I have, you know, I've told the ladies and I think we've talked about this in the podcast where like my dad would not let me go to a high school party, but he took me and my friend and we'd go to concerts and I'm like, I don't know, like that probably was the smartest thing to do, but that's what we did. And, uh, classical music and jazz and even just now, like my youngest is really getting into the blues and rhythm. Like we were listening to Miles Davis, taking her to school this morning and just all of these different things. And just going back to this whole concept of creating something, I see a lot of people who are like, just feel like I only listen to pop or I only listen to this genre of music. And that's what we're trying to really break free from, you know, is doing that. But Fun, you were talking too about how in the culture you grew up in, like the heart, it's like that what happens in the stomach. And like, I think about this from this um, perspective of mindfulness and meditation and what's going on in our bodies and how that plays out. And there's just so much like those different layers. Matt was talking about the topography and like population density. And it's like, just really being able to sort of sit back and sort of feel like, how does this sound impact me? You know, and that the sound can, you know, you're talking about scent, you know, how like, like some people have some really just intense, like they have a memory and they can smell, like literally can smell what was happening at that time of the memory and all of those things that invoke. So I think it's like, for me, the soundtrack is just very varied, but the sound is really important and being able to sense that and how that impacts and, and makes me feel in a quieter moment and like what's going on is like, I think really important. I think it's a really artful question, Fawn. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Mel, what is your favorite music? Is that my favorite music? Yeah. Or smell? Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite music, again, it, it depends. I mean, it really is like, I'm, I'm not a big Christmas person, but um, my favorite Christmas song, I mean, I have like, a list like a top five Christmas songs and it's not Christmas time until I hear the temptations silent night like that's number one best Christmas song ever I dare anyone to prove me wrong father um, Christmas by the what kinks you like. what no. are you father, trying to what you like father Christmas doesn't... by the kinks is the greatest Christmas song Ooh, Mel he's okay. trying to argue with you like he does okay. with me listen we we can have an after show and play both and see, but I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it does, it depends. It depends on my mood of what I might want to hear or what lyrics are gonna speak to me or speak to where I'm trying to go or the mood I'm trying to be in. So yeah, it really depends. I have a different question. You guys ready? Okay, can I go to another question? Okay, all right. Um, it may just be me and if it is, we'll just go to some other topic, but so I was born with some memory and I had certain images that would flash before me. I guess you can say it was memory, but I would get flashes of a scene or in, in this case, I would get flashes of 
a very small portion of Matt's face. And I kept seeing it. So I would see Matt's eyes. And it would be a flash that I had. But I would have certain flashes like these. That, like this. That would be it was kind of like the first memory of a particular point in the life before you much like you know how you map things out and i'm of a belief that before we come here we map things out and there are certain meetings and locations that are designated by us as the director and I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss it. So when I was born from the time I was a baby and I have memories of, I told this to KJ when we first met and this proves that we were meant to be friends because I told her everything and she's still my friend. Cause I mean, some of the sounds, I mean, some of the things that I remember or like even like for me to talk about sounds really crazy, science fiction-y crazy. But that's what happened to me. Anyway, do any of you have flashes of a map, if you will, of what lay before you, what lies before you in life from an early point? Like, did you have a certain, I don't know the the terminology that's related to maps, but like not a compass, but like a little, what do you call it? The, the, there are signs on the, the sim- legend, the legend. legend. Thank you guys any legends or maybe if you don't remember having that memory of a legend now that you have some time to think about it like you've been here for a few years on the planet can you notice a legend that's been there for you what's your legend i will say that i i don't have early memory i actually i had a pretty traumatizing childhood so a lot of my childhood is like completely wiped but as i've gotten older once i've connected with my woo and this is like the unofficial woo poo here so there's nothing that you could say that's too weird for us just just so you know but i have what i call kind of downloads i i don't know what an official term for them would be but sometimes when i'm able to really settle into a meditative state i get these um videos like they're like watching movies of me doing things and it will be like a 20 minute thing it'll it'll just happen and when i finish i'm able to write down things that i said and where i was and and i experience it with a knowing with an internal knowing that this is going to happen like i've already lived this and now I'm somehow now just behind it, catching up to it. And that knowing has really allowed me to, when I get off track, when I lose focus, when I think I'm not enough or I'm not doing the right things or this and that, knowing that like, well, you're already, you've already seen yourself. You've already experienced yourself doing these other things. It's this, this knowing like, okay, all right. Just because you don't know how to get there yet, because you haven't drawn the map to get there yet, doesn't mean that it's not going to happen or that you're not on the right path, right? You'll be able to, in hindsight, once you're there, be like, oh, okay, this is the way I did it. Let me put my little lines down. But but that component has happened as I've gotten older. And again, as I've allowed myself to have 
that belief in me and what I experience and and not dismiss it and not listen to what other people might say like that's ridiculous or what are you talking about that's a wonderful question by the way I don't think I've had like when I was younger remembers something in a past life but I certainly have felt a sense of connection or just understanding of things that have happened before I was born in other cultures. And so I, but I can't, I, I wouldn't say like, I have these like memories that kind of, I just have these feelings that I'm like, you know, that deja vu, like sort of thing. Like I may read something and, and get a sense that like, oh, I really understand what happened. So, so yeah. And I think that, and again, I think that the more that I, meditate and the more mindfulness that I do, the more in connection with the earth that I am. And Mel can really understand, you know, as the, as our, as our resident mystical guru, I think that everyone before us is in the earth and having that sense, you know, connects us all to the past. And I know that's probably pretty woo, but that's just really sort of what I've gotten down to because we all turn to dust, right? So like we're all, I can, I can get that sense. And it's, um, sometimes it's a heavy burden because I can feel the, the suffering. I can also feel the happiness, but the suffering can get, can be pretty overwhelming to, to feel that sense. Mm -hmm. That's your Scorpio fish. Yes. The deep, dark Scorpio in me. Matt is a Scorpio too. Oh, on, look on at so all the water levels. in this room. You're like, don't you have Scorpio in like a whole bunch of places? <laughs> yes, all my inner planets are Scorpio. Oh my gosh, KJ also has, what, five, six planets in Scorpio? And if it's not Scorpio, it's Libra, so yeah. But of course, as a Scorpio, that's all hooey. I don't believe any of it. Don't believe him. <laughs> you don't have to believe it for it to be true. And there you have it. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn, what is your legend? I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about what Ish just said, that we all turn to dust. And I'm also thinking we all turn to energy. And if we all go back to energy, that energy is somewhere. I mean, it could be going anywhere. I mean, it could be going, you know, it could be, it, it could be anywhere. My legend, I think, is still, it's the stories. I mean, I think ultimately it comes back to the stories, whether they're from past lives or now lives or future lives, that we're here to collect stories and we're sharing stories. And that's really the legend of how we journey across this particular life or landscape is how do our stories connect? Where do our stories entwine and intersect? I think certainly the four of us, now the five and the six of us, where our stories are meeting at a crossroads. I certainly felt when I connected with the four cartographers that there was something going on. There, there was a story shift happening. We, we all met at the crossroads, the intersection of multiple states, physical and other, and there was some serious tectonic energy shifting. And so I thought this, you know, I felt like this story we had, I had to jump into it. And I think we all felt that way. There's something here that we have to jump into. And that, that's pretty much my legend is that gut instinct of where is this story? 
That's beautiful. You guys, I've, I've like gone loopy. Has everyone talked about their legend? I haven't said anything yet, but it can be really echoed in what has already been presented. For me, there's a familiarity. I have extremely lucid dreams where I'm pretty sure they're not dreams, but they're actual parallel happenings. And so there's a part of me that's just like, well, that's happening and or that's about to happen or it has happened. So there's this confidence in me that it's happened. It's happening. It's going to happen. It's just this knowing. And then when it comes to like meeting people and being in particularly charged, I call them charged places. It's because I've known already. I've been here before, even if I've never physically set foot in a particular place in this particular lifetime or knowing, I have a history there in the same way that I know that I'm from the islands and I know that we all have met. I, I also know that we all were to work together. So there's just this certainty and this familiarity. And so when I encounter people now that I know that I've had some sort of parallel or past knowing with, there's an instant recognition. Usually it shows up in my body, meaning like I'll, I'll feel like, like a zap or like a, a sigh of relief almost like, oh, there you are. <laughs> okay, I was looking for you, cool. Um, and then similarly with places, physical places. So my legend looks a lot like, like spiral or infinity symbols, or maybe some zappy lightning symbols of like, this is, this is charged, this is happening. That's how I can explain my map, my legend. Do you have a legend? Well, it's certainly an interesting thing. I, I used to say that uh, I knew when I was in kindergarten that I was going to college, not that I understood what college was, and I, I just kind of always just, just put that on my parents, but mm, my brother didn't quite go the same way. So was that me telling myself? Was that a communication that I had from previous life? I don't know. Things start to get very woo, and woo is not a place that I ne necessarily feel comfortable because I deal so much in the realm of the mind. But if you look at things like Dharma, the Wheel of Dharma, and how we're meant to evolve in the crux of uh, each individual life, and there's a lot of people who believe religiously about this type of thing and everybody seems to believe in reincarnation even though it's not really supporting christianity blah, blah 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 is it enough for so many people to believe in it does the zeitgeist make it real so that's where my head starts going but uh yeah legend college kind of a strange one but and i literally knew that i also was also going to graduate so you know sitting down in an auditorium if somebody says look to the left look to the right two of those people won't, won't be here when you graduate, you know, that, that wouldn't have affected me. Again, you know, it's because I had that knowledge, but from where, from how? So that makes my whole path very challenging and, and complicated because it could be that there are these legendary events that I should know about, but I've already attributed them to things inside of this life. You are all so deep. Honestly, I was, <laughs> I mean, I, my answer to that question for myself is very literal. Like my legend, since I was born, it's like, I came here because I was searching for these eyes. I was searching for Matt. But my legend has to do with borders and boundaries and distances and countries. And one of the reasons I, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons my ears perked up when I met you all 
and you know the magical cartographers was and once i realized what cartographer meant i'm like oh my god you guys i have had an obsession with maps my entire life like globes and maps and for me it's literally i've ever since i can remember i would stare at maps and just understand try to understand that is what the heck is happening on this planet you know i've lived many times but it's i feel like it's my first time on planet earth and i'm like what you know i'm always asking matt matt feels like he's been here many 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 times thousands of times hundreds of thousands of times i this is my first time on this planet I've been to many other universes and galaxies, I feel like. And for friends listening, I'm sorry if this sounds crazy, but here we go. Just bear with me. I feel like I came here to understand what the heck is going on with people. I don't understand the boundaries and the borders and you can't step over this line. You what? You can't respect each other's cultures or beliefs. You fight over spirit. You fight over, like, it, it is ridiculous instead of being together and eating together and supporting one another, all this strife and anger. What is your deal, planet? I don't understand what is happening here. So uh, my legend would be like, yeah, you know, the thing that measures from here to there with a big question mark, like what, what? you know, in relation to what? What is going on with all the measurements? And for you, Matt, I thought it would have to do with code. You always notice patterns. You walk around life and you're like, and you see patterns everywhere. If you're looking for something, you can, or this is how you read too, the girls too. You guys barely look at a page and you've read the whole page. Meanwhile, I try to open a book and I still have to get tested for dyslexia or something because I'm like, I'll read one sentence. I'm like, wait, what was that again? And I'll read it again. And I'm reading it like how a person speaks. So I'm very slow, you know, like you can just go, boop, there it is. <laughs> well, you need to read better. You need to read more interesting books because I, I hit the same problem when I read books that no. just are too maybe are dense you, or they're hold just on. not interesting. Are you saying I don't read enough? I'm saying you need to read cooler books. No, I've read many different, no, no. <laughs> I My brain operates differently, that's all. Anyway, I don't know why we uh, just- Fawn, when off. is your birthday? January 25th. Fawn, I, I uh, feel like yeah. you are, um, you see things in photographs though, in pictures. By the way, I feel like just hearing your stories, um, in in some way, the reason you're drawn to be a photographer, you are a photographer, is because you're trying to find those images that are familiar to you. I was looking for family, honestly. I was photographing family members. And my last big project was my book, which was a global family photo album. And I put all the world's religions together along with sayings of great mystics. And I put it into a book, a family photo album. That's totally the reason. But it's so funny because I don't really see when I'm photographing. I feel it and I know when to take the picture. But I, I, I couldn't tell you anything. I couldn't tell you what the person's eye color was. I couldn't tell you what their hair color was. I'm like, I could get hit by a bus not know. Do you know what I mean? I'm not seeing anything. I'm feeling it. When I was in college, I took acting courses and acting classes. And, um, I, one day, one of our assignments was to go out on the street and pick someone 
at random, someone we don't know on the street and come back to class as that person. We weren't allowed to talk to the person or to meet them at all. Just someone you noticed on the street, some stranger. And so this one day I saw this blind man walking with the cane, holding a big box of photographic paper. (laughs) And I came to class as a blind photographer. And that's how I feel. I'm like, I'm not, it's, it's all about a feeling for me, you know, just trying to, it makes sense. Makes total sense. That is, that is the epitome of, of Aquarius energy. Just FYI. I mean, I I don't know what the rest of your chart looks like, but Aquarius is all about energy, frenetic energy sometimes, but really that life lesson is that you're not meant to fit in. Oh yeah. Um, It's horrible. I have a grandson that's an Aquarius and you're, you're not, you're not meant to fit. You're not going to fit in. And the last, the hard lesson that you have to learn is that it's just, you're not going to ever fit in the way that you think fitting in is. Let me rephrase it that way. Your family, be it naturally birthed into or chosen, you have to change the way you think fitting in to a family what that means because it looks different for you than for the rest of us so just know that but yeah that energy does connect us all and you more than most um especially married to a scorpio i'll just say that deep wanting to know more and for you that energy is gonna always be abundant that is very perceptive that's totally me to a t not fitting in ever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't fit in. <laughs> but that's but what makes you amazing. Enough about me, you guys. Oh my God, no. <laughs> well, Help. yes. I, I wanted to check in with Matt. How are you feeling, friend? I'm good. Yeah, it's late. That's Matt, the other reason. Yeah, Matt needs I know to go to sleep. You and I usually talk in the mornings, and so this is a totally different vibe to be hanging out and chatting but you're also on the podcast you know i spend a lot of my time very leaned back i spend a lot of my time really pondering things people say so Mm -hmm. so i have witty things to say back um (laughs) so it it is it is a different energy um yeah as far as things go you're doing amazing do you guys want to wrap this up soon (laughs) is there anything you all want to say like any particular anything before we wrap up I'll just say that I love the fact that regardless, I mean, especially Matt in this conversation, I, I thank you and applaud you for being a around all of this strong, strong feminine energy, because we are not demure, not any of us in this space, (laughs) but being able to have conversations about all the things about everything right? About not just one, this is my perspective, and this is all that I need to know about or want to have a conversation about. I think it's so important that we are open to having conversations about things that maybe aren't naturally in our wheelhouse, right? Or that you wouldn't have necessarily naturally thought about, or maybe even agreed with, but the willingness to have conversation is really so important. And to me, what creates friendships, what creates opportunities for 
friendship is that openness and willingness. I, I, I'm just loving everything about this conversation. I love every word. I love listening to you all. I want all our friends out there to really seek you out because you are beautiful human beings. And I just want to say that life can be very challenging. There have been so many times I have been so scared and I couldn't see my way. I could not see or know of other choices or paths I could take. That is why friendship is so important. We're here to help each other. And friends are there to help when things get really bad. And the more we are different, the more collective vantage points we have, the better we're able to put all the pieces together and I just want to say thank you thank you for welcoming me into your friendship circle because it has truly given me not only more strength but like a salve over my heart that was burning and sad even though I'm like heading up this whole like let's change the world by bringing back the art of friendship and trying to re-educate all of us about what friendship really is i myself have been burned so much and like i said i wasn't thinking of this whole movement for myself i just wanted to help other people and you all came across my path thanks to kj and i just want to let you know how much you've helped me and, and soothed my spirit and I really appreciate you all and I so appreciate you coming to our podcast coming to talk to us coming to our kitchen over here I know it's past Matt's bedtime so <laughs> keep just keep harping that all right Sheesh. all right well thank you so much for being here everybody I really appreciate you Thank you, Fawn, and thank you, Matt, for having us on. These are the conversations that we want to have and that we want people to really think about for themselves and right. and open. And, you know, I'll say this because I think this is really important. I want to go back as you were talking about self-care um, and, you know, like being kind of like annoyed with the whole like when KJ was like, come do the self-care. And I understand why people get angry with that but the best self-care is when you can know yourself it's not the yoga it's not any of that stuff self-care is about really knowing yourself and finding the people who will support you for being you and I think that that's what us four and us five and now Matt we're gonna you know you're you're part of us now oh my god he um, is oh dear <laughs> Matt that's a big yeah. deal you should be oh, so dear. I'm scared yeah you I'll know it up yeah, it's it's. We all met and came together, but it was really one person meeting one person and talking, and then meeting the next person, and then all of us kind of. So it's one person at a time. So that's that's really the change, you know, the change that can happen. I just I uh, thank you so much, Vaughn, for inviting us because uh, this this has been great. Well, this is just the beginning. What, we have eight more times to catch up with KJ? We're going to be KJ. I don't know. Could be. 
Wouldn't it be great if there was one podcast for all the millions of people talking at the same time on one one episode coming together? Ouch. No? It would be a long episode. No. That makes my brain hurt. Yeah. That's a little much. <laughs> or at least all the magical cartographers of the world united. I mean, that's a little better. A, a little, little more pinpointed. Still a lot of energy, but a little better. <laughs> Good energy, though. It's a party. It's a party. The planet is a party. And sometimes it's it gets out of hand, like it is right now. And um, do you guys think, what before we go, how, what's your state of the world view? What's going on? Oh. Well, that's a small you're question. Trying to, you're, trying to, this, you're trying to close out with that one? We'll just say, 10 like, seconds each, ladies. <laughs> What what is happening? We need a part two. That's a huge question. (laughs) All right, we'll do a part two. Never mind. But everybody, calm down. I would like to conclude. What? By saying, "Father Christmas" by the Kinks, best Christmas song ever. Careful when you when you listen to it the first thirty seconds, you're going to be like, "Okay, obviously, Matt is a crazy person." You have to get to the line that rhymes, "Time and Wine." And then it will all make sense. But that's way at the tail end of the song. I'm willing to listen as long as you go ahead and listen as well. To all the way through, it's a very long song, all the way to the very end when they when the temptations thank everyone. Oh, I'm sure it's beautiful. But does it does it I'm gonna encapsulate listen to it. Christmas the same way Father? I Christmas just want you does? to feel it. Yes, I, I promise you. Can we I'll YouTube do my homework it? If you do yours, Matt. Okay, you got it. I can't wait to listen All to right. it. I've heard yours, Matt. No, thank you. <laughs> it makes me nuts. I would song. sing the last line if I thought we could get away with it, but we can't. Yeah, we get charged. We can't do it. We can't sing on the podcast. All right, guys, we will be in touch on the podcast. You guys will come back to our table, I hope. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, please. Our home yes. is your home, our kitchen. Voila, our map. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for everything. We love you. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you in a few days. Take care, everyone. Be well. Oh, and don't forget the show notes. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye.